0: Hello this is
1: your host Paul Harvey at Life, Passion and Business. I realise I put this at the end of the programme most of the time and I also realise I don't often listen to the end of podcasts. So I thought I'd tell you here before we get started. So the first thing is this podcast is not supported in any way. We have no sponsorship. So if you would like to support us do check out the Buy Me A Coffee link on this podcast app and you'll also find it at the website. Okay, before I take you to the podcast, I want to give you a little bit of a reminder about the power of focus and accountability. This is the one tool that will really get you towards the goals you are seeking, towards the path you want to take. So listen to the end to find out more, or check out the link in the show notes. Anyway, let's get you back to the podcast it's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better
0: place? Just really brought home to me how powerful total commitment is from mm. within our souls. And I'm not saying that I was confident. I never knew what the outcome was going to be, but I did feel like if I ever had a chance of winning, this was it. I'd done everything I could.
1: If you caught my weekend show, you know I was exploring this part of this idea of a conversation, this idea of a thought. Wouldn't it be cool if... Statements like this are the precursor to a dream or a goal or an ambition. What they're for is they allow us to explore the possibility of something amazing, of something inspirational. Worth checking out if you haven't already. And it reminded me of the conversation I had with Karen Dark a few years ago, where she would say, wouldn't it be awesome if... And of course, the reason I remembered it is it was actually the title to the discussion we had, which was part of the event in Reasons or Results and I thought to share it with you today because it's definitely worth sharing with you it's such a great conversation now Karen Dark is an MBE she is a British Paralympic cyclist Paralympian she's a gold medalist at the Rio Olympics she's an explorer, an author um, she has a PhD in geology she is a, a, an incredibly clever amazing motivating, inspiring woman who has just achieved so much and most of it since she has been paralysed from the chest down so this is a conversation about motivation, about inspiration, about doing what it takes to get the gold that she wanted, get gold that she wanted. It's the story of her exploring her life in terms of all these challenges set up for herself, but it's also the story about how she won her gold medal in Rio and some of the tools and things that she used. It's a really worthwhile conversation was part of that event, Reasons and Results, which was all about this idea of exploring what it takes to take, to be inspired, to become inspired, to identify what we're going to do and to actually make it happen. And Karen really embodies that because she does. And recently or say recently, just this last last six months or so, she was prepping for another adventure. She was going to go and um, travel across Antarctica to get to uh, at the pole of possibility, 79 degrees. And that's what she did. She actually travelled across the ice, skied across the ice in a, um, a, a kind of hand-powered sled. An amazing story. Uh, not part of this conversation, sadly. I haven't spoken to Karen since then, but you can certainly find out more about that at her website, and details will be about that at the end of the podcast. Anyway, this was called Wouldn't It Be awesome If... Let's join the conversation with Karen Dark. Now Karen is, well, she's a, she's well accomplished here in terms of mindset and, uh, and motivation. So Karen was paralyzed at 21, uh, rock climbing over in Aberdeen somewhere. But since then, she's done the London Marathon. She's hand cycled across most of the world, and she'll tell us more about that. She competed in the, in the London uh, Paralympic in 2012 and got a silver medal. And she competed in Rio Paralympics with a gold medal. So the projects and the adventurers goes on she's an author if you go and google Karen you will see that uh, she's called a British adventurer so I'm not going to hear more about that one so welcome to the program Karen thank you for taking the time to be here today I should say you are not long back from a training session so uh, we had to fit this yes in I'm looking a
0: bit. a bit like I've come from the beach which is um, <laughs> been on my bike and I've been swimming in the sea so I'm looking a bit yeah <laughs> well, well I know you're
1: out in your in your what was your winter location and I know you're coming back so I know we had to fit this in in between when you're flying back to the UK so uh, so thank you for taking the time to be here today so over to you tell us more about mindset and motivation for someone that obviously needs a lot of it
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I often have that thought about what how much of these kinds of things are nature or nurture and I know many people ask that question and I think there isn't really an answer but I think there's probably an element of both so i 'm quite fortunate I think, to have a fairly um, decent quantity of some kind of ability to just keep going and <laughs> to stay fairly motivated through some challenging times sometimes. So I thought I, I could just um, begin by sharing um, a presentation i can 't my screen is disabled it says no, it
1: shouldn 't be let 's see um, now. Okay. You're allowed to do it now, it says. There we go.
0: See if that works. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I've put together a few images and some thoughts around motivation and mindset, which connect to my experience. So um, this is me cycling in Ethiopia last year, an incredible place to, to ride. Um, But my journey began, I suppose this entry into a whole new world began for me when I was 21. I was really keen on climbing. I didn't think about falling off and the the possible consequences. And of course, um, you don't at that age, perhaps. And it did happen. So I became paralyzed from the chest down. And um, I suppose just began a whole new world. And that was probably my first big experience in having to really adopt a whole new mindset and to get away from thinking about all the things that I couldn't do anymore and really focus my attention on what I could do and instead of thinking about what I didn't have anymore focus on what I did have um, I'm not talking about in the material sense but you know the kind of people around you and the support and, that you have etc mm. and that's really what's helped me go on a journey which has taken me to places I could never have imagined not least to winning a gold medal in the Rio Paralympics which still seems unbelievable to me because Before I ever started doing cycle racing, I think I'd done a few races and come last in them all, but so badly last that literally there wasn't even a finish line anymore. The organisers were packing up to go home. So the thought of um, getting to this level somehow was kind of beyond my imagination. And um, I was lucky to get some support from Adidas around the Rio Paralympic Games. um, And they put together a video and it ended with this sign basically saying that confidence gets you everywhere. And it really kind of rocked me a bit because I thought, no, I've never been a confident person. For me, it's not about confidence at all. And I kind of reflected on what it was really about. And for me, it is all about how I've worked constantly at changing my mindset and how we can do that. And I've become fascinated by our brain and psychology, sports psychology, different techniques that we can use to kind of shift our perspective on things to really Help us achieve surprising things and to change the kind of language and stories that we're telling ourselves so some of these images here say things like, i'm no good at this well you know instead of asking that what can i do to improve um and various other approaches you can take so i mean this is typically referred to as having a growth mindset and i think i've been lucky to somehow have been gifted with a growth mindset as a part of my being so that's the kind of questions i'm always always asking but life for me certainly and i think for many of us is a roller coaster it's natural that we have highs and lows both in the events of life but also in perhaps how we feel about life and our emotions and i think part of our culture is perhaps that we should always be feeling positive and happy all the time what i've come to realize is that it's okay to feel all the other stuff too it's okay to have days where you don't feel quite as motivated or quite as happy and or you know it, it, it's all part of the cycle you can't have one thing without the other it's the yin and yang of life so I think for me, part of um, this journey has not just been about being constantly motivated, meaning go, 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 go all the time. It's just about acceptance of what I'm feeling and not letting that get me down, if that makes sense. So when you get, do you get the difficult times, it's about going, hey, tomorrow's another day. The other thing that's really helped me keep going is to kind of know where I'm going. So clearly we don't always know where we're going, especially this year. More than ever, we're all surrounded by total uncertainty. But it, what, it, what really helps me is to have something that I decide I'm working towards, and I call it having a wibber. It's a, an invented word, but a wibber stands for Wouldn't It Be Amazing? So I always have something that's just a little bit bigger and feels a little bit greater than the daily stuff of, you know chores and emails and whatever we do in our daily life to survive but something that kind of gets me excited that I'm working towards and when I have one of these whippers it gives me motivation and energy when I wake up in the morning I feel excited about this thing that's somewhere in the future and perhaps I don't know where or how far away but something that I'm working towards so that's been really key for me keeping me motivated and I've broken this whipper down into these ideas of what is it what is that thing that you're working towards What's your inspiration? And I suppose that's like the why, really what's behind it. Why am I excited about this? What is this going to give me or what is this going to enable me to give other people? How is this, you know, what's my inspiration behind it? How can I make myself believe in this more? Or, you know, do I need to make myself believe in it more? If I, have I got enough belief? Or how do I get others believing this too? And then the A is kind of, okay, what, what am I doing to try and make move things along today? You know, no, nothing's ever about it's suddenly done and happened. It's all about those little steps that we take every single day that lead us to achieving our kind of surprising, wouldn't it be amazing thing? So that's kind of a process that I've followed that's really helped me. And just as an example, one of those things, when I first thought about going to the Paralympics in London, it seemed crazy because I had only come last in races. And suddenly I decided that if I called it an experiment, it felt less threatening because in an experiment, you never know what the outcome is going to be. It's just about trying something and seeing what happens. And I think allowing ourselves just to try things in an unthreatening kind of way and just be curious about seeing what the outcome is, is much more motivating than putting ourselves under huge pressure that it absolutely has to be this way and have to succeed or else it's the end of the world type of thing. So um, that journey to the, to the Paralympics in London was a, a real massive learning curve for me. I you know, literally was just a bimbling touristy cyclist and I came across this expression, cats and ants, which has really helped me with my kind of mindset. So CATS stands for capability affirming thoughts. So that's like the kind of initial, perhaps positive thoughts that you have about why you can do something or why it might be a good idea. And then ants stands for automatic negative thoughts. So just like little ants in real life scurry into all corners of things, they scurry into all corners of your head. And in in relation to me and getting to Paralympic games, there were millions of ants, you know, it's like, I go slowly, I go out and have picnics with my friends at the I just cycle around for leisure and fun. I can't ride a bike fast. I can't look like an athlete. How am I ever going to get to a Paralympic Games? And it's really easy to let all those ants just eat up any of the little cats that we've got and just destroy our kind of visions or our dreams before we even begin in a way. So um, I suppose I've become very interested in how we can overcome those limiting beliefs that most of us hold about ourselves. I think other people often see more possibility in us than we see for ourselves sometimes. And um, this particular image is from going back to climbing the mountain of El Capitan in America after about 12 or 14 years of being paralyzed and being absolutely petrified of heights, I discovered. So in this particular scenario, I had a huge amount of limiting beliefs to overcome and fears to, to get my head around. When I first saw El Capitan, I was just blown away by the thought of trying to climb up this thing, especially being paralyzed. And I think my face here says it all. I think when I I read my eyes and my face here, I see a total mixture of excitement and curiosity, but also fear. And um, I love the acronym for fear, that it stands for false expectations appearing real, because um, often they are false expectations about what might happen, and we kind of get wrapped up in anxiety about what could go wrong. And that was certainly the case for, for me here, going back to rock climbing and having had a climbing accident having lost friends and climbing accidents. So what I had to do on this rock face to overcome the fear was literally treat my brain as if I could just reprogram it. And it was really the first major experience of having to do this in the moment and just literally feed my brain different messages. So just like if you're watching a a horror film and it's not, you know, it's scary, you could change it for a comedy. It was like, I have to do that with my brain here and there on the rock face. And that, you know, that's obviously based on things that happen to me. So we've got our conscious mind and our conscious thoughts and then all of the stuff that's subconscious that's going on beneath. And when we've had traumas or events happen to us in life or even before we're born or even through generations of our family that's somehow genetically in us, we don't always know what's controlling us. And so for me there on that rock face, it's fairly obvious that I've had a traumatic climbing accident and there's things that are affecting my conscious mind. But we can also work at this conscious level to change our thoughts to feed different messages to our subconscious mind and really change how we 're feeling and It really worked for me that rock face. I went from utter fear where my whole body was experiencing that shaking and sweating and panicking to somehow be, being able to keep going and, and, and get haul myself at this rock face and manage to succeed in climbing it so um, it really was a kind of enormous lesson in how we can overcome really limiting feelings and beliefs and thoughts um, so I love this expression by Einstein we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking that we used when we created them so it's become kind of part of my life journey I think to just constantly delve into my mind and other people's minds to help look at how we can shift our thinking and I think it's just fascinating um, how we can do that just subtle shifts in perspective or Unblocking kind of some kind of emotional block that we didn 't even know we had can be just fascinating what 's possible after that, and our thinking mind can get really full of all of this kind of stuff negative thinking, overthinking, thinking about all the weakness that we 've got unhelpful self talk un- unhelpful self you know language and stories that we 're telling ourselves, limiting beliefs and I think when we get into this cycle of allowing this kind of stuff to happen, then motivation can get really low and it can be really hard to Make progress and feel happy in, in our journey in life. So, I guess I've worked to perhaps try and access more of not my thinking mind, but the subconscious mind. And I do that through quite a lot of work with my body and meditation and different techniques that help me kind of really make that mind body connection and unravel some of the things that might be locked inside. And um, most people will have heard this expression in various places, but it's clear that wherever we put our attention, is where our energy goes and flows. And so the more we can put our mind on something constructive and positive or appreciating something we have, feeling grateful, being kind to ourselves, to others, the better we generally get to feel and the more motivated we are because our energy is flowing in a much more positive way. So I guess I'm always encouraging others and myself to look at, you know, what what's going on? And we can't always logically figure out what those programs that are controlling us are. Sometimes it's just beyond our, our conscious thoughts. And we just have to be open to maybe trying different things to unlock things that we don't know are perhaps blocking, blocking us in some way. And I think when we start to be willing to be curious and explore and try things, and you know whether it's mindfulness, whether it's eye movement therapies, whether it's whatever it might be, there's all sorts of things and ways that we can get from ourselves largely feeling like this in our body to uh, ourselves feeling largely like this. And um, not just on our our body in our in, in our own cells, but also for the people around us. You know, we might be the we might be the blue face, or we might be the, the yellow face, but actually, we can start to infect each other like a virus with positivity. And that's also a great way to get more motivation is to surround yourself with people that help engender that positivity and that sense of possibility. So that's something I try and do quite a lot as well. It's also natural to feel resistance to things. So, just like when you, you, you know, I go to a gym to train my muscles to get them stronger and bigger, um, and we have to do that by pushing against resistance. So, I think when we feel demotivated and we have to get through that, that's also a great opportunity to grow our, our you know, our mind muscles stronger to help us, therefore, get more resilient for future situations. So, we're growing ourselves mentally when we're pushing through that that resistance and that feeling like we just want to lie on the sofa instead of do something or or whatever. So some of you may have come across some people may have come across this like this concept by Maslow that we're motivated by different needs depending on what's going on in our life. So if we don't have the basic needs like a place to shelter, food and things to keep us safe, um, then it's hard to be motivated by greater things around our potential and changing the world for the better, etc. But the more that we have these levels in place, the more we're able to be motivated by different things. So I think what's really helpful is just to be aware about that why, that inspiration. What is motivating us? Where are we at at any particular time? And we move around this, this pyramid all of the time. Sometimes, you know, when you've been out doing something, when I've been on an adventure and you're exhausted, everything comes down to this level. You're just looking after your survival, your food, your rest, your recovery, so you can actually survive in some extreme environment. When I'm back at home and I have all of those needs easily settled, then I'm thinking about how can I change the world? How can I do something to contribute? And it's kind of, you know, so we're moving around this all the time. And I think it's helpful to just notice where our motivation lies and what's beneath it, what's driving it. Yeah. What really helps me when the challenges of life come along, I call them the clouds because clouds are often used as metaphors for the challenges of life is, um, is to do cloud appreciation so instead of thinking oh no it's you know it's rubbish it's raining today metaphorically in life we're having a bad day things are going difficultly uh more difficult i always ask these questions what can i learn from this how can i make the most of this situation and how might this help me or others in the future and that somehow gives me motivation even when things look rough or get tough um Other techniques I use to help me kind of stay motivated. I often think about, well, we create our future today. So rather than, I often then think about my future self. So this is kind of, I quite like this little cartoon. Um, Your kind of past self is looking on going, yeah, 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 right. You think you can do that? Whether that's climbing El Capitan, whether it's winning an Olympic medal for me, you know, whatever it might be. There's some part of you that might be looking on thinking, yeah, right, this is going to be funny. Um, and then your current self is like, am I up for this or not? And you think about your future self and you suddenly realise that your future self will really thank you for this. You'll be really proud of trying. So I quite often have this little kind of conversation between my current self and my future self. And my future self helps motivate me to move forward and do something. Some people will be familiar with concepts from neurolinguistic linguistic programming, but um, the map is not the territory. So we all filter the external world in different ways. And that means that we see it in different ways. So even though the external world is the same thing, we're all having a very, very different experience of it. And I think it's just really helpful to remember that, that when we're having, when we're seeing things a certain way, and perhaps that's not a very colourful, positive way, how else might we see it? How else might someone else see it? And to get other people's perspectives and to perhaps look at changing our perspective Because usually the story that we're telling ourselves is just a story. It's not the truth. So I try to drop my story and be open to just not getting attached to certain stories. And that keeps me moving and motivated. So um, eventually I did get to the London Paralympics, despite having had a story of I'm not an athlete. I probably can't get there. I did get there and it led on to a further career then of um, going forwards and cycling And this poster was made for the Paralympics in London with these four words, courage, inspiration, sweat and love. And these have become kind of four values that I stand by. Um, We have to have courage to be a little bit brave, to get out of our comfort zone, to do something differently than we might normally dare to. We're human, so we need inspiration. It's like fuel to a car. It's like fuel to our body. We need it. We get it from the people around us. And it's out there in the most surprising places. I often get massively inspired by taxi drivers because they just have fascinating stories. Um, we have to work hard, so I have to literally sweat a lot. But we usually do have to apply ourselves a bit to to make changes. And I think, it, you know, corny though it may sound, love is very, very important of other people. Accepting our differences, that we all have different strengths and abilities. But also of ourselves, we can be our own hardest critic. And I think to stay motivated, it's really important to be kind, as kind to ourselves as we might be to other people. I'm conscious I could keep going, Paul. I have got some other slides. I can keep rambling. But do you, do you want to ask anything at this point? or what do No, think?
1: I'm enjoying what you're saying. I, I, I love the, uh, the the wibber. I love the idea of, of, of that and the... Uh, what inspire beliefs and action. And that's, that's good. And the cats and ants has, has resonated with me a lot. But what I also noticed to me is it, it's this thing about when we can be in the moment with our thoughts now and not affected by the past or affected by the future. Then, then it's clear. Then it's clean. It's like, but when we come to, when we always approach a situation from like, Oh shit, the last time this happened, it all went horribly wrong. That's where motivation goes in some ways.
0: Well, I think obviously Eckhart Tolle is well known for his book, The Power of Now, and it's become more a thing of like living the moment, etc. And it's much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. So many of us do sometimes allow our our mind to drift back to the past and what we could have done or should have done differently. And that to me can be a source of feeling sad or depressed or allow our minds to wander to the future. And what might be, could be, um which sometimes can be really inspiring and motivators but other times can create anxiety for people so i think it's about i don't think we should block out the past or ignore the future to me they're both very important elements we can learn from the past and we can you know we need to envisage the future and go there in our minds to be able to create it we create our future in the present moment but i think to dwell in either of those places too much is is important not to and to kind of visit there and then decide what we're going to, you know, what we need to bring to the now to, to keep, to keep the, the now as the primary focus.
1: So how do you stay motivated? I mean, do you, are you motivated in in the short to medium term or do you have very big long-term goals as well for yourself?
0: I I always work on, on all levels. I think there's always a long-term goal because that's kind of, in a way, the Wibber is like the long-term goal for me because it's something that seems a little bit beyond possibility or mm. right at the edge of possibility, yeah. which usually means that because it's something a bit bigger or more challenging, then it's, it's a bit more in the future. Um, but clearly that's not something that you can dedicate your everyday to. We have the stuff we need to get on with as part of every day. So for me, the motivation for every day, I do a lot of being grateful for what's happened in the day when I go to bed thinking about little moments and things I've really appreciated about the day or just a smile or a conversation, um, something I did that I'm proud that I managed to do, whatever it might be. And then often the, when I fall asleep and do that, I also start to think about what do I want from tomorrow. I'll wake up in the morning. I think, okay, what what am I going to make sure I try and get done today or what what would be great if I, mm. if, if, that I could make of today? So I kind of create the day before it starts in a way and appreciate the day at the end of it, if that makes any sense. And that yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it does. Uh, I think gratitude is incredibly powerful and, and, and a great motivator, as you say. Do you want to carry on with your slide? I'm intrigued. now. Yeah, I, I can't remember slides. where I'm going. Oh, gosh, you, you were the poster girl, weren't you? Of course you were.
0: Well, hilariously, I, I <laughs> never thought about going forward. And I became this poster girl, which is a... Le- very funny to me because UK sport only funds athletes in theory between 18 and 35. And I was already over 35 years. So, so like,
1: why did they choose you? I mean, you look good in that picture. What made them choose I you? I
0: have no idea. I didn't even know they had. I just suddenly saw myself on a poster one day and went, oh, that's really weird. I'm at myself, asking myself, have I got what it takes to go to Rio? I don't know. <laughs> so I decided, well, since they seem to have put me on a poster and I seem to be asking myself, have I got what it takes? Then maybe I need to think about how I got what it takes. That's why I used that poster because to me, it was so funny. I had no idea it was there until I saw it. Well, in world. some
1: ways it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, wasn't it? They, they put you on the poster. They weren't <laughs> going to say no, were they?
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I couldn't say no. So I thought, okay, let's see if I have got what it takes. So I began this new journey towards Rio and um, yeah that took me on a whole kind of next level and again yeah. more and more into the world of where we put our thoughts and for the first time ever I've never been confident as an athlete um or unnecessarily anything I always think well like, I, I'm, I'm just going to try and it's just about doing the day-to-day you know work to see where you can go with it and but also if you think you can or if you think you can't you're right so I do think that's to a degree true what, Again, you know, where we put our thoughts. But one thing that's really fascinated me, and I actually didn't know about this until after Rio, so I didn't use this with conscious thought around getting to Rio. But I love the the knowledge that I've acquired about the reticular activating system, which is a part of the brain which filters the, well, there's various bits of ideas on how many million bytes of information come in, but many million bits of information come in from our senses and our brain can't cope with all of that information so it basically filters out what it thinks is important so the best thing I can think of you know if you if you're suddenly looking for a house to buy you suddenly see houses for sale everywhere and you've never even noticed houses for sale before that's something I noticed when I bought my first house so our body is taking in the information that seems relevant Um, so this is kind of a summary sorry it's a bit wordy but the reticular activating system filters the information that's bombarding us. It only takes in information that it thinks is important. So where you're putting your focus defines what your brain thinks is important. So where we put our focus defines what information our brain receives and what information and messages we're getting. Um, so that and then affects the information we're receiving, affects how we think, that affects how we feel, that affects how we, what we believe, that affects how we behave which then in turn creates our reality. So that's kind of, it's almost like the, you know, the system behind why, where we put our our focus and our thoughts affects what happens. Um, and it was a great discovery for me to realize that afterwards, because that's what I basically did for Rio. i You'll see me here warming up for the world championships in 2015. And this DSP <laughs> is a slogan that I developed and it stands for dangerously strong and powerful. And I was just trying to program my brain to tell myself, that I was dangerously strong and powerful because I was going to like be so strong um, it's because it was a huge hill in this race and I was kind of not looking forward to that part <laughs> I didn't actually do that great in the race, I mean not badly but I was fourth so I didn't make the podium and you know, the Paralympics is the following year you'll see that I'm nearly two and a half minutes down on the winner so you kind of look at that and think oh god how am I thinking that I can get to Rio and win a gold medal, like what planet am I on but somehow I didn't kind of do that to myself I think some of this is around attribution it's about the attribution is about the reasons that we um attribute to a certain outcome so if we're always we might blame things outside of ourselves like the weather or it was a bad day it's nothing to do with me which um sometimes can be appropriate we're blaming the situation actually sometimes can just be a lack of responsibility other times, we just always blame it on ourselves. Oh, it's me. And if you're saying things like, I'm no good, I'll never do it, I'm just not made for this, then that's not helpful. And you're kind of saying you've got a weak disposition and you could never do it. So it's, it's very interesting to, to play with this and decide what to attribute where. But it can be quite helpful just to notice where you, you know, what you're attributing certain results to. So the fact that I was fourth that year, I didn't start to blame anything. I was like, I need to train harder at the same time I wasn't saying I'll never make it it's impossible I was like no come on you just need to do things differently you can still get there etc and what I ended up doing weirdly was just kind of imagining gold before I got there I ended up telling everyone about how I was going for gold and people get really excited by that so friends were making me things like this vamos Karen for the gold let's go and um, I ended up buying gold trainers that I wore I had a gold phone like I don't even like gold as a color but I was somehow just creating the future in the present moment just filling my life with gold Um, and then I started to think about my physical form and then look at the bike and I was like the bike needs to be faster so I approached Williams Formula One and unbelievably I don't know how it ever happened they ended up making me this incredible bike which is like a gold version of a bike. And that makes you again, feel extra strong because you've got this inc- super, it's an incredible machine. That's for sure. It's amazing. An Incredible machine. But I think what was more incredible, even beyond the structure <clears throat> of the machine was the fact that 30 engineers ended up volunteering their spare time to make it and create it. And they were just passionate about it and so excited about it. And the extra motivation that, that gives you when you've got yeah. people who've put that effort in and, Yes, it was part of me that didn't want to let them down, but it wasn't scared. It just made me go, I have to do my best for everybody that supported me. I'm the one that's going out there to race, but actually there's a whole team of people in this project. It's not only me. So, you know, then everyone gets together and the energy gets going more and that gives you more motivation. So that was just really special. So by the time I got to Rio and was about to race, you know, things actually didn't start to go a bit wrong I'd basically trained so hard I'd reached the point of being almost overtrained. I got a shoulder injury a week before well just before getting on the plane to go to Rio so I got to Rio I couldn't even push my wheelchair I had to get the legs chopped off my bed because I couldn't get in and out of my bed I was in physio every day I couldn't ride the course I had to just ride it in a car but somehow in my mind I still believed that it was possible and I kept telling myself things like This might not seem ideal, but actually it's perfect. You're getting an unexpected rest, and that means that you'll be stronger. So I was just kind of bringing in that um, reframing thing, which kind of just kept feeding my brain those positive messages. So it's still unbelievable to me that when I finished the race, in the middle of the race, my chain fell off. So I actually had to stop for about 15 seconds, pick it up, and put it back on again, which is unheard of to then still win a race. So actually when I finished the race, I really – I felt really disappointed. I threw a towel over my head and I said, that's it. I don't even think I made the podium. And then the team manager came over and ripped the towel off my head and told me I've won gold. And it was just this unbelievable moment. Well, she
1: did have even faster those 15 seconds, wouldn't you, I guess.
0: If I hadn't had the, yeah, I would have won by more than whatever it was. If I hadn't stopped for those 15, 20 seconds to put the chain on. Wow. But anyway, I, I suppose it just really brought home to me how powerful total commitment is from mm. within ourselves souls. And I'm not saying that I was confident and I, I never knew what the outcome was going to be, but I did feel like if I ever had a chance of winning, this was it. I'd done everything I could. I created everything in every way possible to have my mind, body and soul kind of there. And so it's still super special to me that that kind of magic seemed to work along with, obviously it's was not like I hadn't trained my backside off. I had, but everything just seemed to come together and create that special moment. So yeah that's anyway my story's around i think I think that's kind of coming towards the end. my story's around motivation, but I love this expression. Your mind is a garden, your thoughts are the seeds. you can grow flowers or you can grow weeds mm. so we're human, so- we all have the weeds in there, but I think to keep weeding them out is really very helpful
1: <laughs> so your paralympic days are i guess are over,
0: but what 's next for you well they 're not paul i'm still i'm still there. Uh, <laughs> everyone says you've why would you carry on like once you've won a a gold medal have have other stuff but i'll i'll perhaps stop there i think i've perhaps shared enough there so um the thing is my passion is cycling so i think that also helps when it's something that you love to do even though my motivation wanes at time especially when you're looking you in your you know my training plan this morning you're saying together.
1: that they've only funded up to a certain age and because you're somewhat beyond that age now so
0: i'm like... somewhat beyond that age and <laughs> i've been i've been chucked off the squad because i didn't make a target at the world champion i didn't make podium at the world championships last year <clears throat> but, um i still have a little team and i'm still aiming for tokyo and i still love what i do mm. and i'm approaching it really differently that i suppose my my wibber for tokyo is surely it has to be possible to perform really well when you're really listening to your body on a much deeper level and honoring that. So not always pushing, not like driving yourself into a hole to the point of being unwell. And after Rio, I was really unwell for a couple of years. I had a lot of health problems. I've just trained and trained and trained for a decade and and buried myself. And it's taken me a while to come through that. But I do think that if you're listening deep and honoring that and still are excited and motivated and putting in the work as well as choosing when not to because it's smart not to then surely performance has to still be possible so that's my that's my challenge for Tokyo so so, so (laughs)
1: Tokyo got deferred for a year didn't it
0: yeah so uh, which was a benefit uh, for you
1: then wasn't it I guess it was quite a benefit otherwise you wouldn't have been there this year
0: well I was actually entered so I was training hard for it and the team had entered me for it so um whether or not I would have got there is another question, but I was okay. definitely on track. So, and you, was, have, you,
1: so. so you have, a, you have a, a, some more time to get ready, which is fantastic news for you.
0: Yeah, now I'm actually trying, you know, it's been about motivating yourself to get motivated for another year that you didn't know you were going to have to do because I thought this would be the final year because Tokyo will be the last one for sure. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got other projects because I, I know you've got other adventurous projects in mind. Go on, tell us about those.
0: So in Rio, I won the 79th medal for Britain and then I'd forgotten that 79 is the atomic number for gold and it was a gold and 79 became this number and I suddenly decided I would try and cycle seven continents and nine rides. So since Rio, I've been cycling across each of the seven continents um, and the nine rides will be Rio and Tokyo. That's the aim. So I've got one continent left, which is Antarctica, Antarctica, which I'm super scared by. It's going to be really cold and really challenging for me with my disability. And when you paralyze, you can't regulate your body temperature below. Well, I'm paralyzed from the chest down. So below there, I can't keep myself warm. So tons of challenges um, with that. And yeah, again, a whole process of mindset and, and motivation around that. Is that, that a cycling that.
1: event across
0: Antarctica or is that? Well, ideally... I will ride and we're gonna create a new pole because I've discovered that seventy-nine degrees south latitude and longitude is in Antarctica. So we're gonna to go to this random point of seventy-nine seventy-nine and create a new pole called the pole of possibility, which is all oh, about wow. finding your inner gold. Those kind of, you know, that golden confidence giving qualities that we all have within us that we lose through the traumas of life. So that's the that's the message we want to communicate with the polar possibility.
1: That sounds fantastic. This is like a great opportunity. And, and as you say, something, something, uh, a, is, that, is, it, uh, is that one of the whibbers for you? This thing, or is it? This is, this is close. Yeah,
0: to that's there. a
1: that's a massive whibber, massive right. whibber.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Well, thank you so much for that. It's really great to hear about it. And, and uh, actually,
0: part of that project, we're trying to get other. I'm, I'm really trying to get other people engaged with doing that. Finding their own wibber, which is, you know, something that's, and it could be anything. Like once upon a time, my wibber was learning to pull my own trousers up again after I was paralyzed or learning to sit up in bed. Like we all have our different levels of wibber. The amazing guy in in lockdown who was going to be 100 and did like 100 rounds of his garden and raised all those millions for the NHS. Yes, absolutely. We've all got our level of challenge that just pushes us a little bit out of our comfort zone, and that's where we can learn and grow. I think as people, and make a difference to people around us. So we've got Mm -hmm. lots of people who are doing their own Quest 79 projects. a fantastic family who've just signed up to do a 79 mile bike ride with their daughter. Who's got cerebral palsy. She's going to be on the front of like a tandem and they've already raised thousands for we're raising money for the spinal injuries association. So, um, and every family or individual or team that takes part will get their name on a flag at the Pole of Possibility. So, um, it's about you know, stretching. Isn't it? It's, a, it's about
1: out. it's about stretching, isn't it? Just just, just going beyond that bit, and that, and that in itself is motivation, and brings more motivation because once you've achieved something, you can achieve something more.
0: And I do believe that when we, you know, when we do that stretch, we always learn something, and we always yeah. discover something of our inner gold and that is something special for other people around us as well Mm. because we we can give them something with that as well so that's Mm. uh i love the idea of that knock-on effect of how we just spread inspiration in a more contagious way than um coronavirus (laughs)
1: Uh, i don't want to open the conversation up too much but uh, but i i because i think we've we've covered so much in this it's been such a great conversation with you but I do really thoroughly agree with you about this idea that you know we can't have a, a life in perpetual going in one direction. There has to be ups and downs with it, and and I think it's really a question of being grateful for those down bits because those down bits, as you say, really do give you the opportunity to be bigger than you are.
0: Yeah, and I to the discover is like this transformation in the trauma and trauma is perhaps a bit too dramatic a word. It's not always trauma. It's just that you know we've just lost it for a while we're not feeling great and it's it's always difficult when we get those times but Mm. um I suppose it comes down to me to a simple choice and I go back to when I was first paralyzed that ultimately this is our life and we can sit around and feel sorry for ourselves or be miserable about it I would never choose to be paralyzed but at the same time it's what we've got so I mean you've
1: been a climber had you not been paralyzed you think you'd be an athlete to the level you are
0: no, I didn't think any of this. Like when I was first paralyzed, you know, you just. No, but it.
1: before you were paralyzed, when you were when you were climbing, was climbing. I oh. was climbing. Was climbing was just something you did for fun, or, or was it something that you were? Was it going to be a profession?
0: No, I d- I, it was a, a leisure activity. Yeah. Right.
1: So you were going to be something else. So look look I at the what. look yeah. at the twist and turn that that created in your life, and how many countries you visited because of it absolutely it is amazing it's amazing so anyway karen thank you so much for taking the time and doing this today i know you've got a tight schedule with heading back to no not at all so it's, it's great and, <laughs> <laughs> well it is nice to have nice to have you here anyway so thank you so much and thank uh, you all the best for every other project that you for all your future whippers
0: thank you and and to anyone listening yeah good luck to you and on your journey of life i hope you stay well, ride the roller coaster and learn what you're learning from the dips, and enjoy the highs, and <laughs> get in touch if you'd like to be part of the pole of possibility flag and do a little challenge for yourselves. And yeah, absolutely. Everything's on everything's on my website. It's uh, Karen Dark D A R K E
1: Lovely. Well, I'm sure if they're interested, they will come and see you. All the best. Thank you so much. Thanks and that was life passion and business with paul harvey and my guest from reasons and results karen dark now if you'd like to connect with karen you can find her at her website which is karendark.com it's dark with an e at the end um loads of fantastic information on there lots of pictures of her and her story really really interesting stuff and uh, the adventure impossibility all about what she does this idea of adventure and, and exploring adventure in our own lives so well worth checking it out all her social links are there all that stuff will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com now if you're interested in reasons and results you can find out more about that at the same website um, The tickets are still available for that workshop it's a three day event well say three day 20 different conversations with different speakers in every facet of this idea of discovering our why and moving forward into actually taking that idea out into the marketplace. It's a really, really good workshop, workshop series. Um, I am would be delighted to offer five people a free 45-day ticket to that workshop. So anybody who wants to get there first to my inbox. So you need to get into the contact page of lifepassionandbusiness.com and put free access into the subject box of the contact page and uh, I will get you access to that anyway that's it for this week so do check out the um, the website and now if you are looking to find more focus in your life I have something for you ok so we're all looking to move forward we all want to find some measure of success in the world and if you've heard the podcast you know I have a view of success but that's another conversation the point is, however you look at this, we wanna get things done. You might wanna get a project over the line. You might have a really big goal that you're looking to, to move, to move forward on. And the problem is, whenever we start these projects, whenever we do anything like this, there's always some resistance. There's always something that gets in the way. And that can be a multitude of things. And um, But the key to this is how do we retain focus and stay with the project and push it over the line? and that's where focus coaching can help. Now it's a jo- it's a process that I discovered some 15 years ago during my coach training and it's something sometimes called focus coaching, turbo coaching, speed coaching. And it's a really simple process where we we define what it is you're trying to achieve and we look at the resistance that you're experiencing in that achievement. Come up with some strategies to solve that resistance. Commit to setting a date, and I hold your feet to the fire to make sure that you do that. So there's a commitment, there's an accountability process. And that's it, that's basically how it works. You get it done. And I can tell you, it is so powerful when you start working in this way, particularly when you work with someone who supports you in the process of doing it. And one thing to remember, you know, success is never guaranteed, but the struggle always is. And that's what this coaching is designed to do. It's designed to get you through the struggle towards the success you're looking for. So do check out the uh, link in on this podcast or at the website, life, fashion, and You will find a video of me again explaining this process. But if you go below the video, there's a booking link where we'll have a discussion about your project and how we could get you sorted as always if you have enjoyed this podcast if you found anything here of any use please share it with a friend because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts if you can give us a review give us a five-star review i have to ask for five stars why not i think i'm worth it When you support a podcast in that way, you have no idea how effective it is, both in terms of supporting us on the platform, but it also makes us feel good. Yes, it makes me feel good and I like to feel good. As always, thank you for your time and attention. I will catch you next time.